When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Add WFAN to your contacts to talk New York sports with us at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't it suck. It never sucks, so shut your face. Oh, good morning there. Hello, my name is Al Dukes, and if I'm speaking first, that means Jerry's not here. Jerry will be hosting with Sal Licata, filling in for uh, Boomer and Geo, who are both golfing today. Eddie is here. Peter Schwartz in the Jerry Rocco seat. Good morning, Peter Schwartz. Good morning to you, Al. Fresh off a bar mitzvah? Yes, we had a wonderful time. Jared's bar mitzvah Saturday night. I'm confused. What's the difference between a bar mitzvah and a bat mitzvah? Uh, bar mitzvah is for a boy. Oh. Bat mitzvah is for a girl. Oh. That's simple. <laughs> well, not exactly. I, when I was getting bar mitzvah, yeah. my father came home from work one day before the bar mitzvah and came home with a card from one of his coworkers, and I knew something was wrong right away when the envelope was pink. Mm-hmm. And opened up the envelope, and it was a bat mitzvah card. Bat mitzvah card. Yeah. Wh- wh- who was it to? To me. Peter. Yeah, it was made so out even to me. The, the, the person chose a pink envelope for yes, you. Yes, did not know the difference between a bar and bat mitzvah. So it's not a stupid question All right, on your thank part. You. Yeah. Thank you. Thank uh, you. And now that person was very uh, progressive in their thinking. Now very acceptable for a man to get a pink envelope, Peter. Absolutely. It's 2023. I preferred I didn't get it because I was a little insulted at the time. But... Right. And plus they confused the bat and the bar. Yeah. Bat and bar mitzvah. Now, why were you being lifted up in the air? We saw a photo yeah. of you in a, you in a chair. I thought they well, lifted the uh, person being bar mitzvah. You generally do the entire f- immediate family. Oh, okay. So, so the mom also? Yeah. So my wife, Cheryl, got lifted up. And Bradley, wow. who was bar mitzvah four and a half years ago, he gets lifted up. Oh, okay. Jared went first. It went Jared. It went Bradley. It went Cheryl. And it went me. What's a nice gift for a bar mitzvah these days? Something in a denomination that has yeah. an 18 attached to it. Oh, is that right? So like... Uh, you know, so it's well, that's like a it's high, and like eighteen is a good luck number All right. in the Jewish religion. So, like for example, like you don't want to tell somebody how much to give, but generally, like the nice thing to do is to have some denomination of of eighteen. Like you know, a lot of the you know fifty four dollars, you know, something that has a denomination of eighteen. Some people will give one eighteen, a thousand and eighteen. Wow, two thousand and eight. Something that has. The 18 attached to it. What's an amount that you would go, that was pretty good? Hmm. Like, not like, wow, this person went above and beyond, but not like, I can't believe they only gave this much. I think I think anything in the three digits 
is a is a nice gift. Okay, so anything over hundred yeah, bucks. Yeah, and I, think, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and I think like you know, like his like friends that were invited, you know, they'll give a smaller denomination. Like fifty four is a popular number because they're kids. Because they're kids, yeah. Right. They don't have a lot of money. They don't got uh, cash. These kids these days. They're no not one doing works. Their, they're not doing their paper routes yet. Right. You know. They don't do paper routes. They're not working <laughs> at uh, food stores. They're not sweeping up. They're not collecting carriages. Yeah. They don't work anymore. These kids. You worked, Peter. You were a hard worker, probably. I, when you I were was. A kid. I delivered Newsday. Yeah. Oh, Newsday. I did. Yeah. Uh, I was. I delivered the Home News Tribune, mm. New Jersey afternoon paper. Did you ever get uh, gypped on tips from the uh, homeowners? Yeah, sometimes I would get nice tips, and sometimes I would not get nice tips. I recall them mostly getting tips I was happy with at the time. Yeah, I was. Uh, there was bucks. always one house that never tipped, yeah. just gave you what the paper cost for yeah. the week. And then there was always the one house that it just took weeks to get paid. Yes. By. And that money comes out of your pocket, because like, yes. you have to go pick up the newspapers. You have to actually pay for them and then you know get the money back. Right. And there was always the one house, like, and I would finally get them knock on the door, finally get them, uh, you owe me 13 weeks. Right. And they're like, can't believe it. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I'd, I'd like to be able to go, like, do something with my friends, so, like, I kind of need the money. Yeah, well, me and my friend Rob, we had local newspaper routes in town, and we used to love to go to the Route 1 flea market in New Brunswick because they had, like, a, they had a, a, a place in the flea market that sold wrestling magazines and mm-hmm. another one that sold baseball cards. And we would, when when his mom was going to drive us there, we needed cash. So we would actually sometimes save a couple customers that we, we wouldn't even go collecting for them. Mm-hmm. And we'd wait till we were going to go to the flea market. We'd take our bikes to their house, collect, get our money, so we could buy wrestling magazines. And wrestling magazines. And baseball cards. Yeah. There are, I always I always got the just the regular WWF magazine. Yeah. Well, I used to like the ones like, we used to only get WWF around here, wrestling but you go to a flea market and they would have wrestling magazines from around the country. Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Yeah, and there'd be bloody dudes on the front <laughs> when WWF wasn't using blood. And I was like, what is going on around the country? Did you ever uh, ever go to WWF at the time uh, at a real bloody match and no. see it up close? No. I went, my dad took me to the Coliseum. Uh, this is like, you know, before Raw and everything. These are all like house shows and everything. And it was a steel cage match between Sergeant Slaughter and now may he rest in peace, the Iron Sheik. Oh, blood! And we sat, had to be Al had to be like the third or fourth row ringside. It was a, these two guys were beaten to a bloody pulp, and it was all over the place, all over. One of the coolest things I've probably ever seen. And this wasn't even televised. Right? It was not televised. It was just like a house show at the Coliseum, and it was. Steel cage, and back at the time, you know, they now they drop the cage. Like if there's a cage match on at a card, they have the cage already built, right? And it just comes down from the ceiling. Like back in the day, they actually had to take like an intermission to put the cage together. And you see these guys coming down with the different pieces of the cage, and they would put them together. And oh my God, they they that was a bloody bloody mess. Well, the anticipation of the cage match. So when they were building the cage, you yeah. were all pumped up. 
when you went to the bathroom or you went to go get something to eat. I would I would stay right in my seat. I don't want to miss it. Like it took, I, it took 15 minutes or so for them to put it together. Yeah, I watched it uh, when uh, MSG Network used to run some of the live from the garden shows, and there mm-hmm. was a Jimmy Superfly Snooker versus Magnificent Morocco Steel Cage. They had to build that thing up. The anticipation you could feel it. In That's the right. And so we they, they would send it to the back to Mean Gene for the, yeah, the interviews yes. back in the locker room. And Snooker was like <laughs> locked in. And Morocco was very relaxed, like he was just a punk. Man, <laughs> Don Morocco, was the best wrestling <laughs> was the best. Peter, we got a brand new NBA champion last we do. night. Denver Nuggets. I love this first time in their forty-seven year history. Because here's the thing: we kind of get sick of the same teams winning a lot, like in, de- depending on uh, or no matter the sport. Like you see right. the same teams over and over again, and then there's nothing worse to me. The only thing worse than, like, the same teams winning all the time, some expansion scrub team that, like, in the couple years of existence wins the title. I hate that. Like You're the, about to have it in hockey. Right. Like, the Carolina Panthers, when they were in a Super Bowl, you know, I don't like that. This Denver Nuggets, 47 years in the league, no championships, and they get one last night. Love it. And I don't think they won one in the ABA. So they were one of the teams that were, you know, engulfed. Uh, um, you know, brought in from the ABA to the NBA as part of the merger. So I don't think they won an ABA. I was trying to find it before. I didn't division champion. I think they went to the finals a couple of times, the ABA, but that is a great story that they finally win. And I never hear their name being mentioned when they start talking about, Oh, the Jets haven't won a title in 50 years. And the Detroit Lions never won. And the Cleveland Browns. I never hear anyone go. Yeah. And the nuggets. I don't know if we just forget about the nuggets, but now they're here, Peter champions. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And they went crazy in Denver last night, and I rightfully saw. so. Mile high feeling. I saw. They were, uh, they hit the streets. They, for whatever reason, people love to climb poles <laughs> when your team wins. I've never climbed the pole when any of my teams have won. No? And if the Jets ever win one yeah. day. Then you got to get up there. No, I'm not climbing up a pole. You got to get up. A, well, at least, what about uh, one of those telephone poles that have the thing for your feet for no, the workers? No, I, no, easier. no. First of all, I think if the Jets ever won the Super Bowl, my wife would have to take me to the hospital because I think I'd have chest pain. Heart attack. Yeah. I think she's always told people what would happen. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I'm not sure I want a champion here in New York. Because then we got to come to work the next day. <laughs> there might just be people running the streets, throwing garbage cans, jumping on top of police cars, lighting things on fire, climbing poles, jumping down from poles, hanging up on red lights. You know what, though? I, you, you, when, the, when the New York teams have won, you generally haven't really seen anything like yeah. that. It's really another, you know, like, you know, when the Giants won the Super Bowls, you didn't have it. If you thought there was ever a team that if they ever won the championship, there would be like mass hysteria in New York was when the Rangers won in 94 and they were prepared for it outside with because my friend of mine was at the game. It couldn't have been more, you know, it was a frenzy, yeah. but you didn't have any shenanigans. There were no cars getting flipped over. Nothing was lit on fire. It was a very, very 
happy, celebratory situation. But you just you don't see that in New York when the Yankees won the World Series. You know, in the you know the, the 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 five championships. You just you didn't see any of that nonsense. That generally takes place in other parts of the country. Yeah, maybe it's in the other parts of the country where it's the only thing they have going on is their local team. Like here in New York, Eddie talked about this too. Like when the Super Bowl was here, you barely even knew the Super Bowl was happening here. Where in these other cities, when you go, it it takes over the town. We have so much quality entertainment here yeah. in New York. We don't even care when the Super Bowl's here. We don't care when our teams win championships. But not these other places like yeah. Denver. Right yeah. up a pole, smashing windows. <laughs> you notice yeah. it's basketball fans and hockey fans. They're the two Nutcases, groups right? of fans that go nuts <laughs> when their teams win. I'll give you a team that if they win a championship, All right. you will see mass hysteria in the city. You could see fires. You could see cars flipped over. You could see people climbing up poles. And I will tell you that team is the Toronto Maple Leafs because it's been a very, very long time. And they just keep disappointing their fans year after year after year. And I would predict to you, Al, if they ever won the Stanley Cup, you'd have problems in the city of Toronto. Right. This is what I mean. Hockey fans, basketball fans. But that fan base in particular. Toronto. All right, so we'll look for what about if the Blue Jays won the World Series? No, Not as big won. A deal. No, I don't think they had. They a, don't care. Well, they didn't. You know, it's something new for them. Yeah, the baseball fans don't really go crazy in the streets. Yeah, I don't. Re- even when the Mets won in '86, I mean, there was celebrations, but I don't remember. I mean, I was in college, so I wasn't here, but I just don't remember hearing any like, you know, loitering or you know. Yeah. Looting and stuff like that. Now we also have social media, so like immediately, like as soon as I heard that the, when I woke up this morning and heard the Denver Nuggets won, I was like, okay, let me get to social media and see what people were climbing poles and <laughs> throwing things. Didn't they grease in Philadelphia? Was it when the Phillies yeah. won? Uh, the Eagles. No, when the Eagles won a couple of years ago, yeah, they, they greased the poles in Philadelphia because they were afraid that people were going to climb up on the poles. Yeah, but here's the thing. Dudes still got up on the poles. Greased poles. Go right up the grease poles. They don't. They've got some sort of tactical gear on where they can climb up greased poles. This is what happens when your team wins. If the Jets win, I don't know what I would do. I really don't. You would go crazy. You would climb a pole. Ugh. Digital, what, digital. They would film that if that ever happened. We would digitally film you just like scaling a telephone pole and then get up on the uh, where the where, hang from the red light <laughs> the signal. <laughs> <laughs> just swing. <laughs> you could I, you could climb up the Empire State Building. You look like King Kong. No, <laughs> I, have, I have a hard enough time climbing up steps, much less climbing up a pole. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not climbing up a pole. Because here's the other thing: you got to get down from the pole. Yeah, that's not as easy. Climbing up a pole, easy. Climbing down a pole, I mean, it could be lifted up in a chair. You could. Yeah, which I did. How many people did it take? I think they we were a good five or six people. And when they, they let you down from at the bar mitzvah, when they let you down, was it a hard down or did they It was a soft down? landing. Soft it was landing. soft landing. Okay. So four and a half years ago at my older son Bradley's bar mitzvah, I was not allowed to be lifted in a chair because I was coming off my uh, hip replacement. Oh, okay. A broken hip. I subsequently had hip replacement, but I was still recovering from a broken hip. And um, even though I was walking around fine and I was dancing that night at at the bar mitzvah and everything, uh, it was it was just a, a good idea not to lift me up in the chair in right. the event that they that dropped you. Something happened. But what did you? How did you break your hip? Playing uh, playing football with my kids at Jones Beach. Really? 
Did one of your kids... Uh, no, I just ran out for a pass, and on as the I sands? was running, I... No, no, no. This was like in a... We were just at a playground. It wasn't even on the beach. It was at Jones Beach, but they were at, at a playground, so there was like a little concrete area. And I said, ah, let's play a little touch football right here. And I had the genius idea to call... I was the quarterback for both kids, so I had the genius idea to go out for a pass on a, on a flea flicker. Oh, that was cool. And as I was running to go catch the ball, I felt something slide down the side of my leg and immediately went down, and I was in about as much pain as you could possibly imagine. Your hip slid down like your you, leg? I felt the hip break off. Oh I didn't know what it was at the time, <laughs> but crap. I felt something that was not right, and went down, and the, the EMTs come, like, we need you to roll over so we can get, the th- you know, the thing underneath i'm like i I can't there's no rolling over going i could not move and that was painful wow hip replacement well it was subsequent because after the hip healed i was fine and then just from the trauma of the injury it wound up needing a hip replacement so you got a steel hip or they put plastic in you no hard plastic i think it's titanium oh nice you set off those alarms when you go to sometimes at the games the, uh, the airport, a couple, um, it doesn't happen as much as I thought because I th- I think these these X-rays machines are prepared for it now. But They're looking for fake hips on every people. time we go to a game and have to go through security. I'm like, it may be because that could be my hip. <laughs> that could be my hip setting off this metal detector. <laughs> and they just yeah okay they let ahead. you go they let you go man. Yeah. Then what if I'm a terrorist? I just go. Oh, it's my hip. Is that an AK-47? No, it's my hip. Okay, right this way. Uh, Let's take a quick break here, Peter. When we come back, let's talk a little Subway Series, which gets underway tonight. And I've got two Subway uh, Series-related Mets stories involving Carton and Roberts, which I would also like to get to in this next segment. Okay. And then at the top of the hour, Jerry Recco will be here with Sal Licata with Boomer and Geo off today. They'll be here right at 6 o'clock.